You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about Dodge. There's no better time to celebrate speed, power, performance than during Dodge Performance Days. So hurry in and replace that new car smell with the smell of burnt rubber. Guys, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndre, with Bill Goldberg. Oh, man, what an exciting weekend of racing, uh, Formula One and NASCAR and Indy. Uh, uh, it was a big races, man, a lot going on uh, over the Memorial Day weekend. So if you guys uh, got a chance to see some racing, uh, uh, it was all pretty exciting. I didn't get to see too much of the NASCAR race. I saw the beginning. I didn't. I didn't get to see the end. Um, I did see the end of uh, of the Monaco F one race. Um, congrats to Lewis Hamilton. Um, but uh, definitely watch the Indy five hundred. As you guys know, we were talking about this before that uh, uh, a friend of ours on the show, uh, Simon Pagano, uh, uh, qualified on the pole, and he went out there and just kind of kicked ass, man. Like his. He was doing such a great job. His car was so dialed in. Uh, uh, hopefully, he'll be able to uh, call in or something into a car cast at some point, but he's doing a huge media tour right now. Um, and he led so many of the laps. I, I forgot what the total is, but I, you know, they were, I don't know, like 113 or something laps into it. And he's like, they've led 100 laps, you know. And the only reason why he wasn't out there longer is because of the cycle of you have to come in, you have to pit, and then you lose your spot. And then when everybody else comes in, you kind of move your way back up to the front. Um, but he did such a great job. It was an exciting end. Uh, Bill, did you get to watch any of the Indy 500? Yeah. At, at what point now, when they had the duel, um, um, who came in second? Uh, second, I believe, was Rossi, Alexander Rossi. Okay, when when Rossi got cut off, yes, and, in the pit, and he he was in sixth. When what what lap was that? About oh. about sixty five or fifty? Was it under fifty to go? Um, no, wait. You're saying when he got cut off? You mean when he was stuck in the pit and he had like the no? Long- when he no 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 he he got stuck in the pit and then later in the race oh he yes got cut yes off. he got cut off by the rookie yeah that was yes. yeah that was very much toward the end <laughs> okay from that point yeah on that was one of the most interesting automotive events I've ever seen and if you, even if you weren't a a, a an automotive or a, a sports enthusiast just the battle between those two at the end of that race was enough to watch it you know not to mention that there's over 300,000 people there and it's one of the biggest races in the history of the yeah. world every year but uh man what what a duel between those guys it was talk about you know Indy definitely needed i think all all forms of of televised racing that this day and age needs as much excitement as humanly possible, but what, I mean, it was, it was just, it was awesome. It, it was a great finish. Uh, like you were saying, Al- Alexander Rossi, man, he did such a great job. They had, when, when they, when they come to the pit and they hit it with, with, uh, to, to refuel it, 
there's a yeah. there's a thing in there that basically when it's connected it triggers the fuel allows the fuel to to get pumped in there and they had it, they had yeah. an issue with it and <laughs> these these pit times with these guys are you know six and a half seconds maybe seven seconds yeah and, and they get four tires and a full tank of gas yeah and with the he went in there with a very good high ranking basically in the lineup and then they had a 23 second pit cuz they couldn't get the fuel to engage they couldn't get the uh the the tank to engage and to refuel the thing and then he overcame that 23 seconds throughout the process and ended up taking the lead and uh a great battle uh you know uh, for 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 first and Dude, he was picking guys off like they were standing still. Are it, you kidding me? It was, you have to pump a little more excitement into it than that <laughs> because it, it was, it was, it, you know, and they painted it kind of like a good versus evil because he kept, Rossi kept saying that he had horns or no, the commentators kept saying that he was growing horns out of his head. Oh yeah. He, he was, was he was so angry. He, he was on a, he was on another level. And as Danica said, I think that's what, gave him the ability because when you have these guys that are at the top of the echelon and what they do, and then they have an edge. I mean, we saw what difference it could make. He he was picking guys off like they were standing still, but the duel, the last 10 laps between he and Simon was, was just epic. It it was, it was fantastic. And, uh, and the whole, the, the whole first half, maybe longer than the first half uh, throughout the race, uh, people kept questioning, uh, uh, Penske, Simon Pagano's team, their fuel strategy because yeah. he was up in the front and they had him lead, you know, uh, hundreds of laps. It seemed like he was just out there. And when you're in front, you're, you're burning fuel. You don't get to draft. You don't get to save fuel. And, and he had to come in and pit like two, maybe three laps earlier than the other guys. And it was just all part of a strategy and everybody ran great. Everyone ran as safe as they could run. Um, uh, a few accidents. Nobody seemed but let's to be honest. Hurt. Let's be honest. Yeah. We don't know if his strategy really would have worked out unless they would have, unless they would not have pitted towards the end. Because when they pitted towards the end, the fuel strategies went out the window. Everybody could just go all out. That's it. They, they kind of counted on a yellow at some point. And they sort of were timing the, the yellow to, they were thinking toward the end of the race, everyone gets more aggressive, and there's potentially a yellow, and that's where we can where we can take advantage of our fuel strategy, where he would be able to lead the race for so long, and then basically get an even playing field. When then everybody got fuel, and the last handful of laps are like everybody's got fuel, it's fine. It now it's shootout. Now it's just a battle of of the driver and who's got the best car dialed in, and they didn't make any. I don't recall any adjustments at all to Simon Pagano's car the whole time. Even when well, he Well, no, and, and they also said, you know, I mean, Rossi was, 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 like I said, he was picking guys off like they were ducks on a, in a barrel. Oh, yeah. But, but the, the, the true fact when they stated at the end was, well, we, let's, I wonder what everybody's got in their cars. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a fuel battle right now, so it's a shootout. And, yeah. and someone made the statement, well, obviously, Simon's got a pretty good car because he's led 90% of the laps up till now. And, and, so, and the car, you 
the car was dialed in to be in the lead. If you're if you're in second or third, you got to change the wing setup. And so his car, which he loved it this way, was dialed in to be in the lead. And he's like, I just don't want to change anything on the car because it's been doing so well for us and qualifying and everything else. And he goes, so let's just let's just lead. Let's just lead. Let's let's see what happens, and uh, but, and we'll figure so out cool the fuel strategy. <laughs> all their adjustments are for open air. Yeah, no, no disturbed air whatsoever. So when if you would have listened closely when Rossi was passing these guys, mm-hmm. he'd have to dial stuff in and out. Uh, you know, prior to the prior to the pass, during the pass, and after the pass, and it's like, man, all this stuff is so precise. How in God's name? Could he ever catch Pagano because he had he had clean air and he was just flat out. So, I'm, I, it was cool, man. His was blood was so boiling. Cool. I know you can hear it in my voice. Yeah, man. it was it was awesome. And then to know that you and Simon have a relationship, it was just yeah, it was kind of doubly cool. It, it was it was you're right. It was so great to see. And you're right. Uh, Rossi gets the MVP award. That's for sure. He's his blood was boiling, and that just made him. That just made him just you know, take a few risks and go out. But, you know, another guy that uh, I, I feel badly for who was doing really well was Graham Rahal. And uh, yep. and Ooh. Graham's a friend of the show. Graham's a friend of the show as well. Uh, had a nice chat with him. Had a nice long chat with his dad, Bobby Rahal, in, at Long Beach as well. And uh, and he, I, I think he qualified at, I want to say, 15th or 17th, and he was just picking people off as well. He was really doing well, like some really smart, aggressive driving. Just his strategy as a driver was going so well, and then they just kind of got in this little battle with uh, with Sebastian Bourdais, and they ended up wrecking, and they ended up wrecking kind of toward the end. you know. So they, they put in a really good effort into this whole thing, and... Uh, uh, and it was, and it was, and you could see how frustrated he was when he got out of the car, and and he he, he kind of. But he was so he was so composed. He know? was. He, he because he 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 put him. I, I think he put himself in in the, the other guy's shoes, and he knows the other driver. Yeah. And they, you know, um, he says he respects him, but he didn't respect his move. That's that's exactly <laughs> that right. Pretty eloquent. Yeah, that's exactly right. You could see he was so irritated. He was doing his best to just keep his cool with it because he had such a good run out there. Um, uh, I, I I would never count him out when he's when he's out there. He's so good. By the way, Sebastian Bourdais also. You know, we've interviewed him. He was in our Paul Newman film, and he was great. And he's he's a multi time champion. Uh, and I, uh, Graham was was passing him on the inside, and uh, Sebastian didn't give him any room, and he thought Graham was going to back off, and they both just sort of assumed the other guy was going to back off, and it didn't happen, and and Sebastian kind of put Graham a little bit into the grass, and uh, they rubbed tires, and uh, unfortunately uh, uh, they crashed, but um, uh, you know both got out of the car a little irritated and a little bummed out, and uh, and and they're fine, but. Um, uh, who was it? Who was it that evaded that crash? And, oh yeah, I forgot who drove through ended, it and ended up going through the infield part of the grass and then actually accelerating. Yes, once they hit the pavement afterwards in I, the infield. I I don't I don't remember who it was, but there was a few of the guys too that kind of drove through and around that that accident. And when they went back and started recapping it, 
and they started playing the audio from all of the spotters, you realize those guys are the best in the business, those spotters. Oh, and, um, man. Uh, uh, I think it was Townsend Bell and um, uh, I, I don't know. I forgot the other commentator in the booth, um, but uh, we met him before. Uh, and I, I just the name is just blanking me. But um, they were commenting about like, oh, I know him. He was a spotter for me. He's the best in the business and the two guys and they're great. And these guys are calm the whole time. And. They're like, go low, go low, go low, accelerate. You're, you're through, you're through, you're through. Because they can't see, it's just smoke. And you just gotta, I'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, I'd be <laughs> losing know, right? my mind I mean, in there. And, and the spotter is as calm as can be. He's like, you're good, you're good, you're good. Just go low, go low. You're going to go around. And, and it's just like, what? <laughs> and you're like, at yeah, that point. You and, wonder if they're watching something else. And, and I know it's, it's just a split second where you basically can't see and you just have to go by what these guys are saying. Uh, but, you know, they're also 200 miles an hour going through this thing. I mean, you. Well, that's you like know. that's like the guy's responsibility that packs your shoot. You know, they they pretty much get their life, your life in their hands. Yeah, right. Um, And what an exciting race. I'm so glad for Simon. It's his first 8,500 win. Uh, He gets a nice little 2.66 something million dollar bonus check. Uh, uh, And he just seems like he's having the best time. And and why wouldn't he? Um, uh, Like you said, 300,000 people there. Uh, The first time. Uh, I think it's a hundred years since a Frenchman even uh, qualified on the pole. And, uh, and I don't know. It's like, I, we know a few of the drivers out there had a chance to have them on the show over the years and talk to them. Like we said, uh, Sebastian Bourdais, Graham Ray Hall, Simon Pagino, a couple of the other guys. And, and, uh, um, I've only had the best experiences with all of those guys, but, um, uh, but Simon came in into the studio years ago and we sort of, you know, chatted a bit and, and became friends. And, you know, we don't really get to see each other kind of like uh, Long Beach, but we always connect there. And um, uh, and he's and he's always fantastic. So I'm hoping uh, we can get some time in his schedule to have him call into one of the CarCast shows here or, or record an interview with him at some point and, and edit it in. Uh, uh, it, it would be great. Um but I think also we're going to have some of the uh, drivers in town. I want to say the ESPY Awards are like uh, June or July, maybe July. And uh, they're going to be in town. So we already reached out to Indy and said, well, we're going to have some people there at the ESPYs. And that's in California. So why not have some people come by the studio? So we'll uh, we'll figure that out as well. But um, it was great. And then, you know, you start seeing uh, that Indy race and uh, uh, and you see some of these accidents and then you flip over to uh, F1 and you see what's going on over there and you see how these cars are getting so complex and so sophisticated and what you do for safety. And uh, it's been a long time in development a, few, uh, development, a few years now. And IndyCar has, I guess, basically greenlit or approved the AeroScreen. It's a cockpit, cockpit protection. Uh, so they're going to have it's, – it's going to be an open cockpit up on the top, but it's going to have more of a screen. Um, I say screen, but it's, it's like a windshield. It's basically a polycarbonate lamp. So is, my question is, is it going to be like a speed racer kind of windshield? I mean, I don't know what really to liken it to, but is that uh... – Yeah, yeah, it is. it is kind of that. So it's – 
it's a it's a polycarbonate. It's curved around um, like a, almost like an aerospace cockpit, like like a fighter jet. It's got very much a fighter jet feel to it, and and I believe the mounting points are going to be like uh, like a three point titanium structure. Um, so it'll it'll be very rigid, very strong, very lightweight, uh, and it's sort of the next step into into keeping these drivers uh, keeping these drivers safe. Um, who was the uh, the driver years ago that unfortunately died? Justin Wilson in 2015. Justin Wilson draw, uh, died because of a piece of debris flew and hit him in the helmet. And when you're driving 200 miles an hour, anything hitting you in the helmet is disastrous. And this is the next level of of protecting the driver. So kudos to them for for getting that done and tested. I think it was the Red Bull team um, that was uh, – I think it was Red Bull's like advanced technologies group that was doing a lot of the development on this. And uh, it, it looks cool. It looks interesting. I I, I think um, I think there's going to be more testing because once you put something like that, like a windscreen on there – uh, you know, you you saw these guys at the Indy race. Every little thing they do, they come in. They're like, uh, you know, add a couple turns or remove a couple turns to the wing. I'm feeling a little bit here. I feel a little bit in the tire. Like there's so much feedback from the drivers now that once you add a windscreen, it's going to, you know, potentially change the aerodynamics completely and what the drivers sensations are and what they see and what they hear and what they feel. So uh, there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for all of that. But if it keeps them, uh, if it keeps them safer. Um, uh, I'm all for it. And it seems like all the drivers are in. They're like, yeah, let's do it. Um, pr- pretty neat stuff. And it looks kind of badass. It's, they, they look like fighter jets out there now. <laughs> well, hey, man, you know, if, if it's about safety, then I'm all for it. Um, if it doesn't hinder their ability to do what they do, and even if it does a tiny bit, if it provides safety, then... Yeah. I'm getting old, so I need to, you need to take care of yourself. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um. All right. So yeah, you you did a little shopping this weekend. It sounds like. Um. But uh, we're gonna get into that. Uh, first, we'll tell you guys about Continental belts. If you think of all the weird things that you find in cars, and we're not just talking about French fries or melted crayons, we're talking about live snakes, bizarre trinkets, the kind of stuff that really makes you wonder about folks. Well, another thing that'll make you wonder, but in a good way, are Continental belts. I bet you didn't know that they're OE on millions of Chrysler's. Dodge, Ford, BMW, VW, and GM vehicles. And Continental has been launching their multi-V uh, belt, the aftermarket multi-V belt, with their OE pedigree. It's their OE technology series of belts. These belts are fanatically engineered for perfect fit, form, and function for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. The Continental OE Technology Series Multi-V Belt. It's the belt with the OE pedigree. To get the full story, go to oetechnologyseries.com. Uh, all right, so I just uh, got up this morning, and I was texting you, Bill, and I'm saying we're going to get ready for a show. Here's a few ideas. Let's talk about a few things. What else you got? And you said, got a new truck. <laughs> I was yeah. like, all right. And then I saw it on your uh I saw it on your Instagram this morning. So you guys should go check that out. Uh Goldberg uh Goldberg nine five and Goldberg's garage on Instagram. And uh it's new to you, but it's not exactly new, is it? Before we get into it, what did you think of the Hoonigans video? Uh they're fantastic. And uh uh it's uh your your car looks great, and then they brought out another car. So the the Hoonigan guides <laughs> 
they they said uh, they teamed up with uh, Speedcore. Uh, with so Speedcore. Speed, so I'll make the very long story short. Yeah. Speedcore, Dave and the guys brought up brought my car out there. They also delivered another customer's car. It was a twelve hundred horsepower all carbon fiber demon that they had done. They caged it. They put another. Uh, I think they upgraded the supercharger. Put a Whipple supercharger on there, so it was pumping out twelve hundred horsepower. Um, it was some some. Um, a music producers, uh, uh, it was bought under his record label, I think, and some big car guy, and really nice guy, uh, quite obviously, because he, well, it, it might have been unbeknownst to him that I was going to do what I did, but <laughs> um, <laughs> but let's just say that, you know, uh, um, I didn't want to destroy my car because I just got it, and they gave me a quote-unquote surrogate to go out and have a little bit of fun in. And man, it was a blast, and and it went live yesterday on the Hoonigans video channel. Yeah, and uh, I hadn't seen it until then. It was pretty cool, man. It was pretty cool. I can't wait to take one of my one of mine out there that I'm willing to flog. Yeah, but uh, it was fun, man. I mean, that thing is so drivable. I took it around the block, twelve hundred horsepower with an upgraded Whipple supercharger on it, and um, and it runs like one hundred and eighty degrees, man. The thing is just docile as can be until you hit the hit the throttle. But, um, it was, it was, it was a great time, but, um, 1200 is a scary amount of horsepower. Yeah. 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 It's, um, yeah. I mean, I do you and I got so much car stuff to talk about every, every little subject broaches another conversation. But, um, while we're on this car and we stated that we weren't going to be, or none of our cars were going to be at the HRE open house this coming weekend. Right. I have to retract that because Dave from speed Corps has requested my car being there while I'm out of town this weekend, because from HRE's open house on Saturday and Sunday, it's being put back on a truck and it's going back to Wisconsin to get a full cage put in it and an upgraded Whipple supercharger on it. So when I get it back and it, it, it'll have at least 1200 horsepower. Kudos on the cage, man. If you're gonna do, if you're gonna up the horsepower, might as well add that level of safety in there. I mean, uh, uh, well, I have to. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy, and the thing's gonna be awesome when it's done. Now you're gonna send it out there with the Sparco seats in it, so they're gonna develop the cage around those seats, right? Are they gonna try to fit yeah. the stock uh, Dodge seats as well, or is it gonna be able to? You can switch, oh, no. or is it no kind of just no need to fit those because that car uh, has shedded those stock seats for its entire the rest of its life so um, yeah. those aren't going to go back in um so yeah they can they they've got they've got conveniently two of them sitting uh waiting for waiting to be installed in certain vehicles so i had to put my name on one and <clears throat> so you know you know how the deal yeah. goes man you just you gotta have some fun so the hre open house uh this weekend uh your carbon fiber speed core uh, Hellcat will be down there. So people guys will yes, go sir. check that out. You'll go see it down there. Uh, you're going to be traveling, but, uh, uh, that yeah, car will so be the down truck, there and then they're so going to load so it up. The, yeah. So the truck, all, all, all of that was a roundabout to get back to this truck. Um, we've spoken about my blazer from time to time. Yes. Um, the 69 blazer that I've had for years. I bought in Salt Lake city when I was wrestling um, well, it, it has a storied past and let's just say that I'm over it. <laughs> it hasn't, it hasn't left for its new life yet. And so I, I pretty much cut its life 
I, I took it off of life support as far as I'm concerned. Okay. So it, it is now for sale okay. and I have purchased another project, which <laughs> I got today. And, and all I can say is that go to my, it, it's a, it's a Kaiser Jeep 68 M seven one five. Um, it's, it's a, it, I've got the idea from the 2019 uh, Gladiator concept vehicle. Yeah. Um, there, are, there were a number of them presented. There are like five or six of them presented. This is the one that I got the idea from. Um, it's already going to have a hell crate in it. So I was going to we'll say, because that at least 700 <laughs> The stock engine in that it, thing it, is it, crap. It's a Dodge, <laughs> man. I got to get rid of the Chevy. I, I, I can. I can, you know, I am a Dodge guy. I mean, I'm an everything guy, but I'm a 99% Dodge guy. So this is another Dodge that I can plug my contacts into, whether it be HRE, whether it be Rhino, you know, wheels, whether it be Ditto, whether it be Magnaflow, uh, Speedcore, all of these people, man, I've got a new project for them. And it's something cool. We've got a benchmark that is that concept vehicle. I don't want to go nearly as elaborate as that. Mm-hmm. But it's got to have Goldberg written all over it, and it's got to be badass. And I, I think this is a killer vehicle to start with. And uh, I spoke to the guy from, ironically, I, I found the thing online, and he's his business is in Waxahachie. Or I know I'm going to say it wrong. Waxahachie, Texas. <laughs> and ironically, that's where I filmed um, my, my first movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme which was universal soldier. Yeah. And his, his, he owns like a, like a, uh, a, a vintage military collection of vehicles on 40 acres out there. And, uh, I, I figured he was the guy to go to. And I searched him up online, found it, and he's got a number of them, uh, to choose from. And I, I, I picked one out, man. And, uh, I just got to figure out where to send it, where it's going to go first. Because, uh, this, this puppy's going to have a storied, life i cannot wait to see what happens with it it's going to be a lot of fun so it's a 1968 and if you guys uh aren't familiar with this thing looks like it's basically a a a a military vehicle it's an it's an m715 so look that up look up a like a jeep m715 it was kaiser jeep at the time and then i think that got bought bought by amc and then that was bought Probably mid '80s by uh, by Chrysler, Fiat Chrysler, well, what is now FCA, Fiat Chrysler of America. Uh, so it's a evolution of of the Jeep over the years, but it's um, it's big though. It's not don't it's not Jeep like. It's not small like Willie's Jeep like or Jeep Wrangler. This is it's it's it's, not, it's Goldberg size, man. It's a yeah. it's a bitch it's a bitchin' vehicle. I mean, it's a full military vehicle. There's so much that's got to be done to it to turn it into what I want. But, um, you know, we, we, we all have, it's not a midlife crisis. By any stretch. <laughs> I'm already, pa- I'm already past that. But, um, it's just, Hey man, I've wanted a cool, big, badass truck. That's different for years. And I, I think with the lineage of this vehicle, um, and the possibilities with my current connections, I think we can, we can construct something that's going to be really kick ass. Yeah, so I'm excited for it. It's going to be kind of badass. I, I so, uh, is it? Are they going to just start getting on it and working on it, or are you having like some some renderings made? I'd love to see 
your vision of this? Like, how do we get some renderings I'm, I'm and going, share them? I, I've already contacted Dave and uh, speed, the Speedcore guys, uh-huh. and he's like, he's like our boys, the Ring Brothers. If you uh-huh. give them a palette, you know, they just start getting creative. So I sent him the picture and I said, hey, man, uh, what kind of fun can you have with this? So right, right. I can only imagine what, what's going through his mind. Um, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to get some renderings done. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it's going to be pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, it'd be good to see some renderings. renderings. And as when this thing starts going, when this project starts really getting in motion, and uh, we should talk to some of these guys and figure out what they're doing and what some of the obstacles are. Like we were talking to, you know, we were talking to you and you were talking to Warman about, you know, Ooh. fitting, you know, fitting that other engine in the truck and it wasn't fitting. They got to move it forward, move it back or notch a frame and, and those obstacles like that's the kind of stuff we're going to have to figure out. I'd love to hear about with this project because uh, I want to say it's like a small six cylinder Cummings uh, engine. Maybe it's not even a Cummings engine because I think it's gas. I don't even think it was diesel in in uh, in 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 this thing uh, originally. Yeah, Um, and it was a terrible engine that was in there and, and, and you're putting in the big crate engine. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that, how that plays out. But uh, man, that's an exciting project. It's going to be fun. It's going to be different, man. And, uh, um, I'm all about different. I'm all about standing out. And I mean, I don't do it to to get attention. I do it just to be, Dude, I like being different. I mean, these cool, big, badass cars, that's the cool thing about the business is that you can grab a pallet and you can turn it into whatever kind of work of art that that you deem pretty in your own eyes. And I want it functional. Uh, It's got to be badass. It's obviously got to fit a certain amount of criterion. But um, I think with the, hey, it was Memorial Day weekend, man. I'm uh, patriotic, too. It's another, (laughs) another military vehicle in my stable. Right. Now, the end result isn't meant to look like a military vehicle, right? It's more, It's going to look more like what? No, but, like, no, like, but the, like milita- the, the end result will be a blend of all of the above. It's going to be a mili- military, uh, it's going to be a military, it will definitely stand out as a military vehicle, but it'll be refined, it'll be streamlined, and it's going to be purely badass. It's, yeah. it's going to be the same as that is that concept vehicle, but my interpretation of it. Right, right. That's all. Yeah, it's going to be a badass same, same project. Same guidelines, I think. Um, right on. Well, congratulations on your purchase, and uh, I'm going to tell you what you need to go with that. You're going to need some Geico, some Geico insurance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and if you think about this, guys, everybody's got a to-do list. You drop off your dry cleaning, you pick up some milk, and now you can add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. Just go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to-do you can do today. Be sure to check out Geico.com. Um, all right, so we told you a little bit about the racing stuff, the truck stuff, and uh, I want to tell you guys a little bit about the, um, the Acura NSX. I've been driving the new... Acura NSX, and I say new because there were some revisions done for 2019, um, which uh, uh, I I like this car. This car is so good. I just think it's a good everyday kind of drive it supercar. Granted, if you can fit in it, and you you know you're looking for a sports car, and uh, they made some they made some revisions to this to this car um, for the for this year. 
um, which are interesting. So the power plant's all the same. It's I think it's 573 horsepower um, between uh, between the yeah 573 horsepower between the gas engine and the electric motors. It's got a nine speed uh, dual clutch transmission in it, um, and uh, the performance on this thing is fantastic. So what they did was is the uh, the in the in the rear the the rear hubs are a little bit stronger, roughly six percent stronger. The stabilizer bar, basically the sway bar back there, is uh, is nineteen percent stiffer. The toe link bushings are stiffer by about twenty percent, and the front stabilizer bar is twenty six percent stiffer. Um, working with Continental uh, for their Sport Contact Six tires, um, a, a much grippier tire, and then they. They dialed it all in, their super handling all-wheel drive system, the power steering system, the active damper system, the vehicle stability. All that's tied in to work with the new modifications to the suspension. And the result is when they tested around the Suzuka circuit, they went two seconds faster but with the same amount of power. So this thing scoots around, man. It's really good. And uh, they introduced this new orange, thermal orange pearl, which looks amazing in in person. It's such a great uh, uh, color option. We're driving the car that's um, it's uh, it's it's thermal orange pearl, which we. Uh, lovingly called Dave Merrick Orange. Dave Merrick is the uh, global chief of design for Honda and Acura. He's like, and he's right now he's taking on more of the daily roles of creative director of Acura. He's been there forever. He's a friend of the show and, and, uh, and uh, our other podcast shift and steer and stuff like that. So um, he's, he's such a good guy. And we were at an event, we were in Monterey last year at the event. Uh, Chris was with us. We went to the Acura event. Jewel played that event. Yeah, she was. She, they had a, a jewel play, um, and it was great. And they unveiled this car, and I remember standing there uh, next to Dave Merrick in the crowd and going, uh, "Hey, this is great! I, I love the orange. I know you're a fan of it." And uh, and uh, I was like, well, "What do you call it?" And he goes, "Dave Merrick Orange," <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> And uh, after a few cocktails, we were having some fun with that. And that just stuck for basically the next year. And we're like, hey, look, it's Dave Merrick Orange, um, which is uh, uh, which is great. So I've been out there um, driving this car. I absolutely love it. And the way this car is meant to sit in the segment, they Acker even sent me a comparison of the NSX versus an Audi R8 V10, a Porsche 911 Turbo, and a McLaren 570S. And the the NSX is interesting. It the base price is a 157,500. So 1575. The Audi's 1649, the Turbo's 1618, the McLaren's 188. So this is the least expensive of of these, I don't know, entry level mid-priced, I guess, uh, supercars. Uh, the zero to sixty on the NSX is two point nine seconds. The Audi's three point five. The nine eleven Turbo is two point nine, and the McLaren's three point one. So it's uh, it it ties. It's the fastest with the nine eleven Turbo, and with the suspension upgrades, the the cornering G's, which I thought were interesting, are one point zero eight for the NSX. It's point nine eight for the Acura. One point zero five. For both the 911 Turbo and the McLaren, 
And uh, so the NSX edges it out. Now, here's the kicker. And uh, I posted some of this stuff up there, and somebody commented and said, who would buy an NSX over a 911 Turbo? Here's two thoughts on that. One, I'm a huge 911 Turbo fan. One of the coolest cars I drove, excuse me, was a 911 Turbo S. And as much as I love the 911 Turbo, and there's probably plenty of them out there used that you can buy with very low miles. So let's take that off the table. If you're just going new to new, the 911s, Porsche has a very a la carte style of selling you a car. So when the base price of that car is 161.8, good luck. <laughs> good luck getting it with a stereo and floor mats for 161.8. Um, like I said, I'm a huge fan, but realistically, it's more expensive. And now the as the NSX comes in at 157, there is sort of an an unadvertised manufacturer discount that is from now until I believe March of next year. So the course of the the next year till 2020. There's a $20,000 discount. So the NSX on paper retails for $157.5 before you put any options on it, but it's really $137.5. Uh, so that's like a burger. Yeah. So now it's getting now it's getting a little bit more, and that's before you go into the dealer and try to you know maybe negotiate, or if you're leasing it, you can try a little bit better rate. Um, uh, Anyway, I've been driving the car. I think it's been it's been fantastic. Um, it it rolls around. Its normal mode is a sport mode, and then Sport Plus is great. And then the track mode, um, they're they're fantastic. And it's very similar to Porsche. I've always said the Porsche like Sport Plus modes and Sport modes are such a Jekyll and Hyde. It's like the Porsche is so docile and easy to drive around town. And then when you put it in the, the more aggressive modes, I mean, it just changes all the dynamics of the car and it holds up the revs and the sound and everything. And the Acura is doing that as well. And it's interesting. It's got a V6 turbo engine in the back. It's got electric motors powering the front. And one of the things that you've heard us say this before, one of the things that annoys me to no end is the start-stop function on so many cars. You get up to the yeah, stoplight. And you know, you know what I'm talking about? It's so annoying. And then <laughs> when you – you're sitting at a stoplight. There's a couple things. One, the oil's leaking down. It's still warm. It's still thin, but the oil. But it's it's all leaking back down in the pan. And I just think it, in the long term, it's going to be detrimental to the to the to the engine. It's just going to shorten the life, I think, of the engine. That's that's kind of my theory on it. <clears throat> Excuse me, but uh, uh, the start stop function in most cars, it has to take that second or two to fire up and go. So you're at a stoplight. You kind of and it, it, and the worst is like you're at a stoplight and then you stop and then all the cars tighten up and then you got to let it off. It's got to fire up and you creep up another three, four feet, ten feet, you know. And then you do that again. It's you know, or you pull into a spot to park and then it shuts the motor down and you want to inch forward a little bit to make sure you're you know you're not blocking anybody or not sticking the tail out in a parking garage. It's just an annoying feature to me. Well, in an Acura NSX, it has that annoying feature as well. However. It you can always, turn it off, can't you? Yes, but it puts itself into EV mode all the time. So if you get to a stoplight, it shuts the motor down. You let your foot off the gas to inch forward. It's in electric mode. There's no hesitation. It's just going. So you can creep your way into that parking spot or tighten up at a, at a stoplight. And when you 
when the light is green and you want to go, whether you whether you get on it hard or not, it gets the thing moving quickly in in electric mode. There's no more of that hesitation. You'll still hear that engine fire up, but you're already moving before it does. So the seamless integration between the gas engine and the electric motors is is nice. It's really nice on this car. And uh, I'm sure we're going to see more of that, um, uh, you know, with with, you know, we talk about the electric vehicles and sort of two schools of thought. You know, we have the electrics, the electric hybrids, the BMW i i3s and the Priuses and, and stuff like that. It's for fuel economy. And then we talk about electrification for the for the use of performance and uh, and this is a very good use of it. Now, I haven't driven, you know, let's say a, the LaFerrari or the McLaren P1, but their use of electrification for performance. And, and, and I get there's an EV mode as well and it has probably similar characteristics where it can creep forward and start moving with an electric power. And, you know, but this uh, but experiencing that in a car like this is is impressive. And uh, and when, the engine sounds good, too. I mean, I, I was expecting this thing to be quieter, having the turbos and stuff on it. And uh, and it. it when you open it up, it sounds good. And the one we drove was orange, and it had a navy blue and black interior. And it sounds weird on when you say it out loud, but you get up and you see it, it works. The orange and the blue works. It's so good. Um, anyway, it was such a fun car to drive, and uh, that will be going back uh, today after I record this. Unfortunately, I have to give that car back. Um, but I, I tell you... They they didn't sell that many NSXs, and uh, I I don't have all the the numbers on them, but it was something like I don't know a hundred or something, one hundred and seven last year. I mean, the year before was like five hundred and something. So um, it's a good car. It seems to be pretty good quality, and I I would say Acura is ready to deal. <laughs> so if you want to make a no deal, no doubt. <laughs> um, you know, and again, like we 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 say this all the time, and and on all of these shows, is like. You know, does a guy like you, Bill, fit into a car like this? I don't know. The only way you can do is just get in there and, and try it. So it's it's. I, I understand the difficulties of of. Uh, I bet the Porsche has more room. Uh, I, I bet the Porsche does have more room. Um, uh, you know, but that that's that's kind of the thing. You have to look. I I think I think the door on the NSX. A couple things that were bugging me is one, there's no like lane departure warning, like the little lights and the mirrors and stuff. And I just feel like on a car this new and this expensive, why doesn't it have that? And uh, and half the time that I was driving, I couldn't really see the infotainment screen with my polarized sunglasses on. Now, which is interesting is I I switched to a different pair of sunglasses, which I believe are also polarized, and it did work. So I think it's kind of hit or miss, uh, depending on what you're what kind of sunglasses you're wearing. But again, it's like why are where are we getting the technology from that the polarized lenses are not working in in brand new cars? If this was a you know fifteen year old BMW and we all know that half the radio or whatever you can't see it with the polarized lenses, <laughs> like it's completely black in the BMW, like you can't see anything at all. Um, this was kind of like I could see part of the screen, but the angle I was on, it you know, uh, if the screen was facing me and I was head on, I can see it, but if I'm sitting in the driver's seat and I'm you know, listening for the navigation or changing the radio station. It was weird that we couldn't see it, but 
Um, anyway, little gripes. All I had to do was change sunglasses and the problem was solved. But I did end up driving for like four days going, I can't see anything. And I keep taking my sunglasses off to, to, to follow the directions on the, on the Apple CarPlay and stuff. But, uh, oh, God forbid, God forbid you take your Polaroid sunglasses off. Man, I remember when we <laughs> had to adapt around cars and, and it was good enough. Yeah. You know, I, now the car we have to buy a car that adapts around us. Yeah, and that's where we are. We're like, plug in. Eh. shit, I'm going to the next car. Yeah, right. Break. Which sunglasses what, am I wearing today? To I have to pick the car based on which pair of sunglasses I, I'm, I'm wearing. Uh, so you get you, they should sell you an NSX with NSX sunglasses and problem solved. But kind of kind of like uh, the uh, what is it the uh, those things that you put on the virtual reality. Gym. Oh yeah, like the goggles, like yeah. the Oculus or something, like those things. There you go. Yeah. Um, all right. Before we guys, before we wrap up, we'll, we'll tell you a little bit about the safety. Tell you a little bit more about the click it or ticket. You might be thinking to yourself, "Hey, I, I'm in a rush, or maybe it's just too uncomfortable to wear." Sometimes you just forget. Well, listen, there's no excuse for not buckling up. You're putting yourself at risk of injury or death. In 2017, more than 10,000 unbuckled people were killed in crashes, and 51% of the people killed in crashes were not wearing seatbelts. Oof. No matter what kind of vehicle you drive, your seatbelt is the best defense, even in the back seat, including taxis, ride-sharing services, whatever. Just wear the seatbelt, Especially. Yeah, right? When you're out of control, (laughs) (laughs) you're not the one driving. You know, who knows? Um, and I told you, like, I, I, uh, I, I was in the car with the, with the Uber driver or, or Lyft or whichever one it was. And that guy's like, yeah, I'm the safest driver out there. Boom. Hit the car in front of him. <laughs> hit the car in front of him. Um, but also check it out. It, cops are on the lookout as well and they're writing tickets. So why risk it? Click it or ticket. Do that. All right. Um, all right. We're running out of time and we got the guys coming into the studio. So we're going to wrap things up. But, uh, Bill, congratulations on the new truck. Um, I'm sure we're going to be talking about it for a long time and all the cool things you guys are going to be doing with it. <laughs> and uh, uh, and, and I, you get these projects, you're like, all right, I'm ready to go. I want to get it done. I want to bring it to this event. And you're like, yeah, but does the engine fit? And what do we need to take some time to do? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we haven't mentioned that this doesn't run. And uh, <laughs> it's a, it, the thing weighs like six times as much as a normal vehicle. And, yeah, it's, it's going to be a pain in the ass. Yeah. We all look at the bright side of the builds, right, when we attain them. Mm-hmm. And then it just takes a little bit of time for that to wear off and the reality is set in. So, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, okay. that's why you got to have multiple projects going on at once. <laughs> you, you have to start a project to get your mind off of the other one. So yeah. I guess that's all I've done. Right on. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Thanks uh, for listening. You can go to CarCast Show and uh, catch up on all the uh, past episodes as well. And uh, you can follow me at Motorator on social media. You can follow Goldberg. He's Goldberg and Goldberg Garage on Twitter. Goldberg95 and Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. You guys can see the new truck up there, the military truck. Uh, share your ideas. See what you guys are thinking about. Yeah, Hellcrate. That's the first one. No Hell doubt. Crate. Samuel Hubinet told me to throw the Hellcrate in there, and that's that's what's going. That's it what was going anyway. Yeah, I just want to. And, and then you can tell him. You can ask him to to drift a sixty five hundred pound military jeep and see what he'll do. It. I he guarantee you he'll do it. Um, yeah, I think Tanner drifted a bus once. So. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> a camper. Yeah, I think it was a camper, wasn't it? Uh, and he did a school bus. I think. I think he did a camper and a school bus. I don't know, but. Uh, 
Who knows these guys? They're nutty. Uh, check out my other podcast, Shift and Steer, that I do with Brad Fanshawe and Aaron Hagar. We always have some fun over there as well. Have a few laughs, especially Aaron. He's a giggle monster. He won't shut up. But uh, check that out. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, until next time, keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel. Oh, ho. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. It's Dodge Performance Days, where we celebrate speed, power, and performance. And that new car smell gets replaced by the scent of burnt rubber with Dodge Charger. And it's available best in class, 485 horsepower.